You're ready to talk about some wonderful fun to cheer you up, like trusting the thing we don't do? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, then, goddammit, let's do a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the ever- disintegrating human mind recording on zencaster from maybe 10 miles apart i am solaris and i am count boogie solaris i am excited for you to be here i am excited about the things we're going to talk about i am not excited about the nasal raping that i had today Oh no, did you have to go have one of those PCR tests? The, yeah, yes. What was I it? Did, Is it the but... one where it just goes in like just a little or did they like literally jam your no, brain? Oh no, I don't do things half assed, Solaris. Yeah. That's I true. don't do things. If you're gonna test my schnoz for COVID, you're going to go all the way up. To the point where I laugh maniacally and make the nurse literally (laughs) stop and look at me like, what the fuck is wrong? Because I told her she comes up to the car and and she's like, "Okay," And she's so apologetic because, you know, she's done this a thousand times and people have punched her and thrown things and screamed and cried and bitch. And I said, I want you to know I am going to laugh maniacally like a crazy person. And she's like, you told her. Because she, well, she said when she walked up to the car, she's all, who are you? I go, Count Boogie. She's all, I thought it was you. Because they always talk about my name. Whenever my name is on a list, it's always, they always show it because it's it's a unique name. And so when she comes out, she shoves that thing up my nose. And sure as shit, I just start going, <laughs> It's so wrong. Why? Why, Jesus? And she's laughing. And she's like, I have never. <laughs> she's all, could you be my patient every day? And I'm like, fuck, no, I can't be your patient every day. And then Solaris, she does the other side. And I go, ah, God. oh, no. And, and she's like, oh, my God, this is almost fun. And I look at her and she's all, you're a masochist. And I go, with this thing jabbed into my brain, I go, no, I am not. <laughs> I'm the top. I'm a dominant. And she just, I don't know if she knew what I was saying, but she's just laughing with this thing fucking raping my fucking nasal cavity. It was exciting. It was exciting. Uh... But the reason I was there, Solaris, (laughs) and I don't even know if I mentioned this in the last show, because the last show I talked about my love fest with Mew, but I don't know if I mentioned the fact that I knowingly went to have sex with Mew while she had COVID. 
Oh no, she had. So was she? Did she have symptoms? My guess is no. Yeah, oh, she yes, did. She Aww. did. She well. Okay, here's the timeline for that. So it was like Sunday that she had symptoms, like a cold or whatever, and everyone's been shotted and whatever. So she calls me a couple days later, and she's like crying because she's like, I have COVID. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. I booked this room and all this shit, and I haven't touched anyone since July, and it's it's fucking January. Uh, so I'm like, okay, how long? And then I, we do the math and I go look up the CDC and cause at first I'm like, well, I have to cancel cause it was 14 days. Thought it was 14 days, but it wasn't, it's been changing. So now they're like, well, after you show symptoms, probably about 10 days. And I'm like, okay, we're getting together eight days after she showed strong symptoms. My dick told me. My dick said, it is worth the risk. And I said, penis, I usually don't listen to you, but this time I'm gonna. Good. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Goddamn Skippy. I had my 18 shots and I said, I'm, you know, I could catch this anywhere in the library. And it's, of course, probably a little risky, but we had a wonderful time. But then uh, after she left, about three days later, I started feeling kind of lethargic. Oh, no. <sighs> started feeling a little, you know, a little achy, like twinges, like literally nothing crazy, but still enough for me to go, yeah, I don't want to get other people sick. Because just because I've had all my vaccinations and boosters, I'm ca- if I'm carrying it, I can get other people sick. And not like I hang out with anybody ever. Um. But uh, so I said, I better go get tested. So I went and got my nose raping and still haven't gotten the results. No results. No, I just went today. I'm still literally twitching my face, feeling, uh, feeling violated. Well, you did your due diligence. That's what's I did. And I'm not a masochist. (laughs) It was just funny. That's all. Yeah, you know the nurse is going to the back and telling that story to everybody for the oh next Oh my god, two she's like, can you? Be, she literally said, "I don't want to sound weird, but can you be my patient every day?" <laughs> Which makes me happy. I entertain somebody, you know. Yes, because I'm des I am desperate for laughs. I don't get any. I don't get to land jokes with perverted podcasts. We don't know. Everyone could literally just be shaking their head every time I speak, and they're they're the masochists. Maybe perverted podcast listeners are the masochists. Because they just tolerate my bullshit every week. <laughs> Maybe. Because they don't write. Yeah. Sorry, we don't know. that was a little guilt. We, we don't, don't know. know. Nobody's writing anymore. Pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Get them, Solaris. Uh, also through and, FetLife, TikTok, and Instagram. That's right. Anything special going on with you? Well, in terms of uh, BDSM, not really, but I also have to play the bottom tomorrow because I have to go have my first root canal. Woo! Oh my God, ouch! Well, I think it's going to actually feel better afterward because I've been dealing with pain in my tooth for four years, but I haven't wanted to go have a root canal. <laughs> so I've oh, just yeah, been no, dealing no. with it. <laughs> as, as Captain Get Teeth Ripped Out Root Canal Guy. It absolutely will feel better. Yeah. The sanity that you will have. And so many people, we do that. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of metaphorical to humans in general. Like, we avoid literally 
a stick of pain by having minor suffering for multiple years. Yeah. And I think it's also because they're also going to have to put a crown on later. And I just feel weird with something foreign in my body forever. I don't know. I'm just I'm odd like that. And I've had so many medical procedures. This should be, you know, a piece of cake um, in comparison to some of the other shit I've had to go through. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm terrified. But I keep hearing from people like you that it's going to feel better. It's going to feel better. A root canal is not fun. Obviously, they're going to Novocaine you and whatever, and it's going to be kind of stretch your... If you haven't done a lot of dental work recently, remember to start stretching your mouth. Okay. Good to know. Because if it's a root canal, it's going to be open for a while. Yeah. And if you haven't opened your mouth that long for a while, it'll get really, really sore. So start doing like... out. You're a singer. Jesus, fuck. Oh, yeah. Do some singing. Yeah. Do, do you stretch your fucking jaw out so that way... It's not going to cramp up on you, you know, if, if you're open for 15, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Good, so just good be advice. Like, blah, 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 and then do it at the dentist. <laughs> but don't tell them what you're doing, but they probably will figure out just a little when they come over. They're all, hello, Lady Solaris. <laughs> and then maybe they'll just gas you. Yeah, they could. Blah. But isn't it nice when we have nothing to say for potato mayhem and we just start making up fucking funny noises? Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, COVID has got locked down a lot of stuff. Like, I, I can't go out to these giant parties, especially with Omicron looming over everything right now. Um, and I know there's a lot of other people that are kind of in the same boat, but we try to make do with, with what we, we have. Yeah. I did phone sex a listener last week. That sounds fun. That was fun. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> I almost forgot about that. I just talked dirty to a random listener. Well, called them on the phone. Sounds <laughs> they great. Seemed, they seemed like they were in a mood. <laughs> if you want me to talk dirty to you, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I'll pretty much talk to almost anybody. <laughs> Treat you like a little slut. That's, <laughs> that's what I do. That's my new service. That was going to be one of the perks on Patreon, but they said they would tax our listeners. So, no. Really? They're we gonna... should get on to the next segment now. Yeah, sounds good. That life helps you deal with mental herpes. Let's put a logic condom on our brain. Now we're better protected from a king-shaming world. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically given us permission to do so. Hear, hear. So, so we are going to discuss this post by Tight Sub Eve from FetLife. Um, Which, let's stop for a second here. I've been looking at this name now. Because, you know, we got to talk about people's names. Tight Sub Eve. Is that anally tight? Is that vaginally tight? Does that mean she's got the G.I. Joe Kung Fu grip when she gives a hand job? Does she give hand jobs? Does she go inside? Like, I just think about these things. When you hear someone say tight sub, is, is she cheap with money? Like me? Is there someone I can relate to? What do you think, Solaris? I don't know. Her profile's kind of more normal. I think that's the thing that's the most interesting about the screen names on FetLife is the fact that people have the craziest names, but 
like a lot of times they're the most normal people. Although, I mean, there's some, but that you think. Well, yeah, but who correct. knows? And maybe by normal, tights of- well, by normal, I'm talking like normal in terms of like BDSM standards. <laughs> Maybe Tight Sub Eve like traveled up to the Himalayas and learned like ass grabbing techniques. So like she clawed on the mountain and they put like butt plugs strapped to like bricks of cement and she's like, I am Tight Sub Eve! Hoy! And like lifted <laughs> bricks and then carried them up the mountains like Kung Fu so she could be like crazy Tight Sub Eve. You don't know, Tight Sub Eve, if you're listening. First off, you will probably never give us permission to talk about one of your posts again. But after that, let us know. Is it? it, I'm right, right? I'm sorry. (laughs) Go on. Read the post. But I digress. So this was a journal entry called The Hope in Trusting. Trusting is such a scary concept. Trusting the right people is life-changing. Trusting the wrong people is soul-crushing. Trusting someone requires an act of faith. Trusting means being open to vulnerability. Trusting means giving someone keys to hurt you. Trusting also means believing the best in people. Trusting also means a continual act of risk. Trusting also means an abundance of strength. It is important to never lose the hope in trusting. Cringe! Like cringe, smile, cringe, cringe, <laughs> smile, cringe. You know what I mean? I know. She, <laughs> she puts it really succinctly. Um, a lot of the feelings about trusting that a lot of us have. I, which I know we talked about trusting. I think Path Girl and I just like a couple months ago talked about like trusting after you've been hurt. Yeah. And so like we're talking about trusting again, but also understand that trusting is like an entire genre of humanity because without it, you can't have any interaction with another person. So trusting is a lot bigger than just one or two uh, angles. Yeah. So, so I kind of figured because I really like this post and how they really described, you know, some of the attributes and of course, some of the fears behind it that maybe we could talk about, the benefits of actual trust, like your your opinion, my opinion, and then maybe some actual characteristics because people like me make a lot of mistakes over their life and trusted the people they shouldn't trust. So maybe we'll go over some trustworthy and untrustworthy characteristics to look for. Yeah. If that if that's okay. So first off, ladies Lars, what do you get? Like, when you look at trust in your relationships, what do you get out of trust with your partners? In my relationships, I really need to be able to be completely who I am. The crazy bitch that loves to sing random songs at any point in time because I have a radio (laughs) song, you know, a radio in my head. Um, And to have people not judge me on that i i really need to have that in order for me to fully trust people in relationships the majority of relationships that i've had through many years um it's always been kind of a surface trusting because i haven't been able to get to that point of complete and utter vulnerability because i feel judged so if you're judging me there's no there's no trust um right 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 for me um Trust is really important 
And it's not necessarily something that I give immediately. Um, I'm very skeptical of literally everybody most of the time, which is probably why people call me cold and mean. Um, because mm -hmm. I, I tend to sit back and listen to what people are really saying. And I'm curious about them. I'm curious about their lives. I'm curious about who they are as people and what they do and, you know, how they think about things. But mm, that trust is, it, it's hard for me. And this is coming up. Yeah. And this is coming from somebody that has um, my very first relationship I ever had was a domestic violence situation. So I think that that kind of screwed up my, my trusting abilities moving forward um but yeah that's i that's really what i need to have for trusting what about you boogie like what do you i am like in re your relationships what's it like i am so on board with you with that freedom to be yourself and and of course you're talking to an old cynical guy who's been in some amazing relationships and then in some relationships where i have found people to be untrustworthy and then, of course, there was a lot from my childhood where you couldn't trust anyone because, you know, blah, 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 blah. Not not the best time. So for me, it's it is just like you said, it's that freedom. It's when you have that moment when you can let go in that trust and you're not constantly like analyzing everything they're saying and doing to find clues to how they're actually going to hurt you. Yeah. Because that's what I do. When people have had a lot of pain in their life, when they've been hurt, when they've been lied to, when they've been harmed, there is no trust until you can actually let go of that fear that they're going to harm you, which, of course, is inevitable. It can happen. No matter what, that's always there. And that's why it's so good that Tight Sub Eve talked about it's, it's a continual act of risk. But at some point, I have to kind of do the math and say, well, I can live in this lonely, paranoid cynicism my whole life, or I can take that risk. And of course, we'll talk about the characteristics and things you look for later that give you more ammunition to trust. But in general, you, I've, I do that math, and and by trusting, even when I have that kind of paranoia it has worked out for me in a number of relationships yeah that continual act of risk is i think like throughout the course of a relationship that continual act of risk you're much more able to assess it and in my opinion that risk tends to become less the more that you are able to trust someone by the different, you know, characteristics that they're showing you that that make it so that you can feel more vulnerable and you can open up and you can be your total true authentic self with them and they can do the same with you. Um I feel like that risk reduces over time which makes it slightly easier to then trust and I also feel like if you have a, uh, you know, a lot more people around you that you do have deeper trusting relationships with, not just necessarily, you know, love interests and stuff like that, but even really deep friendships, people that you really, really trust. I do feel like it becomes easier to trust other people because you can more easily spot the people that are life changing versus soul crushing. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. And that's part of that math where it's like, look, I, depending on how much information you give someone, 
And I'm not talking about like, hey, I buried a bunch of bodies. Yeah, I'm letting you know the statute of limitations doesn't run out. You know, I'm not talking that kind of trust, but I'm talking when you allow somebody to have access to your feelings. Like you said, being able to sing in front of someone, being able to do like stupid little things, you know, and kind of be yourself and know that like my vulnerable secrets and insecurities are not stupid to my partner. You know, when you can get to that level and you feel that freedom, it kind of outweighs, even if it goes bad, at least I've found, you know, if you get a few months of a good relationship and then they do something shitty, you're like, "Ah, I'll be fucked up about it for a couple of weeks, you know? Well, I think it also depends on what that thing is. (laughs) Sure. You know, did they lie? Did they cheat did they did they you know tell you they would do something and then they didn't it really for me it depends on what broke the trust as to whether or not i'm going to go back to like the pre pre that incident or you know when we first got together trust or am i just gonna you know kind of revert back to the trust that i kind of had at the time because it was something that was just so odd that we know it's not going to happen again it's also another yeah, thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a, I mean that once again, there's so many avenues of trust and and when to trust somebody who's fucked up your trust, that's a whole nother seven episodes. Oh yeah, I'm that just is, I'm I just abs- saying that's part yeah, that's I, part of that that scary concept that that the uh writer talks about. Sure. So if you've been burned a lot and before we get into some of the characteristics You know, I have to ask myself, am I attracting untrustworthy people or am I trusting too quickly? And we've talked about that on the show as well. Like just released from prison, toothless, flat earther, meth addict may not be the good person to immediately flip on that trust button with. There may you have to have that time to get to that good stuff, to get to that point to where you can feel free and comfortable. You kind of got to work up to it. You do. And to. To kind of pull that back into the mind of the lifestyle, I know that a lot of people tend to trust fairly quickly people that have been around for a long time and or people that are older and or people that are um, that are in the higher positions in our lifestyle, whether that be somebody that's the head of an organization or somebody that, you know, is the dominant um, that's also where you kind of got to hold, hold the trust for like a little bit and, and really kind of think about these characteristics because just because they're in those positions do not mean that they necessarily deserve your trust because they may not be trustworthy. And once again, having some of those things like a position of leadership known in the community, those may be like good indicators that there's a potential that it's someone you can trust. But like you said, it's not an absolute. There's plenty of people in leadership that have been in leadership for 20 years and are still pieces of shit. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you as somebody that that has been in more, not necessarily leadership, but because I run an, I've run a, several different events, people know who I am. I've also done stuff with Count Boogie. So, of course, people know who I am. And when people just automatically trust me, for me, it's very jarring on the other end because 
it's like, well, but you don't even know me. How can you trust yeah. me? You don't know if like you may have heard me talk. You may have seen me do X, Y, Z, but you don't really know me. I could be completely untrustworthy. And so I myself, as somebody who's in that position, really try to take on the characteristics of a trustworthy person because I I feel like I have an obligation to people to not be a dick. <laughs> well, I think that's a good a good obligation to have for yourself. I think if you set out and say, my responsibility <laughs> is to do my best to not be a dick. Yes. <laughs> I think at that at its at its base is a solid place to start your pyramid. Yeah. So everybody should start their place. pyramid there. Don't be a dick. So let's get into some of these characteristics that are that are positive. And then you can start small. Like uh, one of the first ones, because if you go online, there's literally dozens and dozens of websites that list trustworthy topics. Yeah. And some of these I got even uh, from the online. Like, they tell others your secrets and this can be, and by secrets, it can also be like privacy things that you, that might embarrass you. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh yeah. You know, so your friends like, Oh, I didn't know you did this. And you're, you're like, where'd you tell oh, your, your, your partner told me that. And it's like, Oh, why are they telling people my secrets? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had that, but like, yeah, I don't want you to tell the world that I jerk off to cartoon tranny porn. Like that would, that's, I don't want the world to, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you just did it. <laughs> oh, well, that was just a point. Just making, <laughs> making a point, you know, to go, let's move on. So you understand the point though. Totally understand the point because I can tell you as somebody who is going to be vulnerable on perverted podcast that I have been that person. Yes. Sometimes it's difficult to do because our culture values gossiping. And Ugh. so when you're within a friendship circle of people or so or something like a BDSM community, which you think is large, it is not. Um, it tends to be fairly small, even though there's millions of people in it. Um, you end up gossiping and you may not even necessarily do it kind of knowing what you're doing. You're just like trying to fit in with the culture. So really think about that that gossiping that trust like you i i feel very bad about what i did this was with a very very close friend of mine many many years ago um and we've gotten through it but you know like don't do that you you have to be able to keep people's secrets especially especially if you're in you know a sexual romantic relationship with them not everybody needs to know everything some things can be kept to yourself <laughs> absolutely and of course i deal with this on the show all the time with, you know, because I have partners and my partners know that if we do sexual things that I'm going to talk about it on my sex positive sexuality type of show. And so we've talked about what things are OK and it's still my responsibility, like when I do something new with Mew or any of the other partners to kind of say like, hey, I've had both Mew and Bunny and other partners say, yeah. Don't talk about that play scene. Yeah. Let's not talk about that one. And that goes to my next point to never assume that your partner knows all of the little nuances and secrets that you don't want them to talk about. Because some of them, it, you're very excited about what the thing they did. You're like, this is really cool. This I look up to you for something like this. 
And it may still be something you're like, yeah, it's cool. I just don't want you to talk about it with these friends because I don't want to have to explain, blah, 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 whatever your reasoning is. Your privacy is your privacy, but you cannot assume it is all of our responsibilities that if you have a partner and you have a relationship of trust and you guys are sharing things with each other, that it's very important that you say, don't talk about this with other people. Stop that part of their brain that's like, oh, this is good information to share. Mm-hmm. Like is a teachable moment or is like you said, you know, gossip used to be considered a fucking sin. Yeah, no, not. Anymore. And now it and now it's a multi-billion dollar a year industry. It is rampant. It's destroying us. It destroys me. But it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to let people know when you don't want them to talk about something. And then if they do it, obviously, you now know that this is not a trustworthy characteristic. Yeah. All right, let's get to another one because there was a bunch of them that I list. Okay, we can't get to all. Of them. There's hundreds. Oh hundreds no, I know. I, I did the same thing. I you just you type in like what is trust on Google, and there's millions of web pages that will talk about it from you know people that probably have studied trust their entire lives um, as yes. a concept to just your average everyday Joe Blow. Well, we are a show for Joe Blows and Hell Joan, yeah. Joan Blows and, and Jay Blows. And, and they Blows. And, <laughs> and all they Blows. Okay, here's one on this on the topic of sharing secrets. Are you sharing kind of your private things with your partner, but they're not sharing those things with you? Yeah. Like, are you like a, like, I'm an open book. I mean, I, I've always been an open book, but have you noticed that your partner really doesn't really tell you much about their private life or their past or who they are or kind of some of their dirty thoughts or that type of things? Now that, that could be trust, but that, that could also be them not trusting you. Yes. So... Like that could be, you know, you, it's hard to trust them because you're telling them everything. They're not telling you anything, but it could be because they're having difficulty trusting you. Maybe they were hurt by somebody in the past. It's definitely something to bring up with the person. If you feel like the person is trustworthy. Um, But yeah, that is a red flag where like, it's something you need to talk about. (laughs) And once again, like you said, perfect example. I didn't even think about that. Maybe they don't trust you yet. And I'm just like, well, what do, what do you mean? We should be talking about this by now. This is, and, and exactly as you said, this is a conversation that you need to have. If you have the conversation and they're like, no, I, I trust you. I'm just a very private person. Mm. That to me is a red flag because you're in a relationship with someone. That's, it's called a relationship, which is the joining of two parties together. There should be some sort of disclosure. There should be, but at the same time, so I, I tend to be the individual that knows literally everything about everybody, but a lot of people don't know a lot of thing, things about me. And mm. that's because everybody trusts me with all of their stuff. Um, but they never ask me questions. So you, as the person who's going, wait a minute, they're not sharing any information with me. You need to think to yourself, is it because I'm not asking questions I am, you know, being too centric around myself or is it because I have asked them questions and they are trying to hide things? That's a good point. Yeah. Glad you're on the show, Solaris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I can tell you as somebody for many, many, many years, many, many therapy sessions, I know a lot of shit about a lot of people, but they don't know very much about me because they simply don't ask ask. or they just don't because they, they find because I'm so intrigued by people and by, you know, how they think and what they love to do and, you know, how they experience the world. I, I tend to probe and ask a lot of questions. And so they don't think a lot of people don't think, oh, I need to ask questions back. And in order to learn more about me. So that's, that's just something that you, you got to think about is I, maybe I should point. ask more questions. And, but I it, agree. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And then if they're not answering your questions, they're being dodgy, they're being very shallow, red flag. That, that's untrustworthy. Yeah. So Solaris, have you ever put a Barbie doll in your butt? No, no. no. Do you like I haven't put it butt? in my cooter either. <laughs> oh. Do you like things in your butt? No, I do not like things in my butt. <laughs> okay. Look at that. I asked. I just wanted to give an example of asking. Yeah. So that's why I'm trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> you are trustworthy. Look at that. We're building our relationship Yay. based on trust and sharing information with each other. <laughs> Sounds great. I don't really like things in my butt either. It's not really. Yeah, it's not my thing. It's never it been says, my thing. It, 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 it feels like rubbing your elbow. That's that's what it's like. It's oh, just... see, for me, it's just super painful. It's not fun. Oh, oh, well, you just haven't had the right guy be gentle with a finger first. No, I don't think I've had enough pelvic uh, floor physical therapy to loosen me up enough. <laughs> oh, well, that just sounds like too much work. You're on your own. Exactly. <laughs> too much work. Because <laughs> I'm a pig. All right. Good, good, good. I think we're moving quite quite well here quite well uh another characteristic somebody who is able to control their emotions is a very and i mean in in like a healthy way it doesn't mean they're like stoic and they never have a response to anything but for people who are unable to control their emotions that's pretty easy to see yeah and like i think we're talking loses- more about like flying off the handle in terms of being like angry or um or mean um because somebody constantly crying isn't necessarily somebody that isn't trustworthy they just may have a problem that they need to address <laughs> with a therapist sure, but they are <laughs> well here here's well, yeah, the may, thing. maybe I you mean, shouldn't trust them maybe yeah, because I'm thinking, like, if you're unstable, yeah, then what other things are you going to do to protect yourself? And does that include becoming a toxic person? So, but we're, you know, we're digging deep on that one. But yes, absolutely. Anyone who doesn't have control over their emotions. And we're not necessarily just talking like control, like they're just your average everyday person. You randomly see them fly off the handle. We're talking control, like you're having a conversation with them. Maybe you bring up something that makes them upset or angry. And it's it's exaggerated to the point where you're like, what the hell is going on? Why are you so crazy about this one thing? Um, And if they do it constantly, yeah, that's very problematic. Yeah, that's that's definitely not someone you want to. Yeah, you don't completely. want to hang out with that person for a long time. You don't want to let your guard down for too long with someone like that. Or you see that in the early stages, like they fly off the handle at a waiter, yeah, or they bark at you know different people. Like you see them lose their their cool with other people. You pretty much know it's just a matter of time before they do that. Get comfortable enough to do that with you. Yeah, for me personally, you know? how you treat 
people who are in the service industry, whether that's somebody behind a counter at a Macy's or the person that is serving you the coffee at Starbucks, how you treat other people in the world tells me who you are as a person. Yeah. Very, very easily tells me how you navigate the world as a person. I agree. I agree. I, I, it is, it is something and I'm a rager. I'm definitely a rager and we'll talk about, there are things about me. The reason I am not available for a relationship right now is because I am unstable is because I have things about me that in a relationship, like I can play with you for a while and keep my cool and hold it all together for a day or two. But there are things about me that are unstable and there are aggressions that I have towards humanity and life and myself that I am. I raise my hand and say, being not trustworthy is something that can be worked on. Yeah. I know there's work that I have to do to make myself prepared to be in another relationship, which I'm not right now. So it doesn't mean necessarily if somebody has aggression or they have things about them that are flags in their life. Now, it doesn't mean they can't change and become a better person and stabilize. It just means right now, are you willing to invest in somebody that is unstable? Yeah, exactly. Look at me just outing myself constantly on this show. Isn't that what perverted <laughs> podcast is? It kind of is. Hello, ladies. Not relationship material, but I'm, yeah, it's pathetic. <laughs> okay. Uh, refusing to apologize or take responsibility if they mess up. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. If somebody can come and say, even in like little things, like, oh, my bad. You know, like if something little, I can't think of an example. But if somebody can off the bat start showing that they take responsibility or like, oh, I didn't know that or or you're right. You're right. I get it. Those types of things are really I see those things. I see those things very well. Um, and then, of course, if there's a bigger conflict or whatever and the person's willing to apologize or they were late or they did something that put you off and then they're willing to apologize and say, Oh, that was bad. I saw that made you uncomfortable or inconvenience or, or anything that they're willing to say, Hey, I'm sorry about that. I don't want you to feel bad. I think that is a big characteristic of someone who's trustworthy. Yeah. Cause it shows you that they understand that their actions affect another person. Yeah. Which is really and if they important. don't have that. Yeah. If they don't have that, then they're not trustworthy. Can I say <laughs> moving along? Let's just <laughs> let's move along. I think we got that one pretty clear. Let's do a couple more. There's so many and there's so many good ones that I just love. Someone who is less competitive is more trustworthy. And I'm not just saying like in sports, like they're real competitive in sports, because in sports, if you're in competitive sports, it's competitive. But if they can't leave that competitiveness on the playing field and they bring that into your relationship and they're always trying to be better than other people or put other people down and show how they're better than other people, which once again, this is something that well, I've done. Can I can I uh, add the caveat of or the opposite? 
they are trying to tell you that their life is more difficult than yours, more difficult than somebody else's, that they're, you know, ho-hum them. It's it's also on the other side of that. <laughs> it's well, that is competitive. Correct. And it's 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 just competitive that you're trying to show that you're your the life most, is harder. Mi- yeah, the most miserable person on the planet. Yeah, you are the most. It's still a type of competition. Correct, but a lot of people don't think about that when they think about competitive. Humility means yes that their agenda is about their happiness over their stature. And when I am around people like that, and I've been so blessed to be around people with humility. I have so many of my relationships, maybe even if the relationships didn't work out, it was not because of their approach to life and their humility about their place in it. And that lack of competition. Mew is a fantastic example of this. Um, Even though she's going to be a doctor, she still has a lot of humility and her agenda is about communication and being happy and taking care of her family and and those types of things and and that makes me much more comfortable around someone than someone that's constantly like I got I got to do this and that and that and be the best and and beat everybody and does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. It also means they're not a know-it-all. Yeah. You can't really trust know-it-alls because I don't know, it's so surface that you can't get through to them. You can't, they don't, they literally don't care what you have to say. At least that's been my experience. <laughs> kind of, because they know it all. Yeah, they know it oh, all. This, this, <laughs> they know it all. I already know it all. And I am kind of, I'm a know-it-all in a debate, but I will and have hundreds of examples where after the debate kind of quells and then Mew shows me, why I'm an idiot via information and facts or other people show me that I will back down and say, all right, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm wrong. But in that, in that moment, I do like to debate and I will debate for probably a good five, 10, you know, minutes until you show me some facts. And then I'll say, all right, I'm an idiot. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know shit about anything. (laughs) especially being trustworthy. It was such a cringy topic. Well, you were the one that chose it. It's true. I did. I guess the, uh, the important thing is if I have a lot of untrustworthy people in my life, then why am I attracting untrustworthy people? Yeah. That's a whole nother topic. But I would say in any scenario, don't, don't get in the van. Yeah. Don't get in the van. Otherwise your hands are going to get chopped off and you're going to be left on the side of the road. That's yeah. That's the moral Baby of the steps. story. <laughs> Baby steps. Learn, watch, listen, ask, and then enjoy that freedom because that I think the freedom's worth it. I think the risk is worth it when you actually take some time to let someone build that trust. When you have it, it's a wonderful person to be around. Does a pussy taste like eggplant? It's time for my goofy friend, my goofy friend for me to be goofy with. (laughs) 
Hi, Boogie. I get so excited. I totally told <laughs> Kathy. I talked to Kathy a few days ago, like a week ago, and I told her that you were on the show and she was all excited. And then I said, ha, ha, you're not there to stop us. We can be as completely stupid as we want. So <laughs> I, look, she say? I look forward to She's just like, I get she couldn't say nothing. I'm all bitch, get on the show. What? <laughs> you ain't here. We're gonna fault. run a muck. We're gonna run a muck, Carrie. That's because that's what we do. Yes. Carrie, have you had any kinky fun this uh since we talked last? Uh yeah, I had a nice scene where I was forced to orgasm multiple times. Oh, oh I know it sucks, right? Oh <laughs> God, I would have defended you. No, you wouldn't, you liar. <laughs> I would have said, stop this torture. Unhand that fair maiden. You would have aided and abetted. Probably. I would have sat with some Cheetos. And I probably would have said, please. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Get on, just put my feet up on a chair, get some Cheetos, and I'm like, y'all go about your business. <laughs> I am Switzerland. I do not intervene. Uh-huh. Is it Switzerland or Sweden that's neutral? think switzerland which is why it's funny that there's a swiss army knife ah we're an army we don't do anything but we've got a cool gadget <laughs> we've got a killing machine we shall pick your teeth <laughs> pluck your eyebrows well, there's a fork in here too and we shall open your wine <laughs> <laughs> so during this orgasm denial or not denial this orgasm this orgasm multiple scene was it was that the only thing, or was there some hitting, some rope, some uh, you know stuff up the pooter, the cooter, what details? <laughs> there was definitely some stuff up the cooter. Good, <laughs> good cooter stuff is good, <laughs> which I'm not allowed to call it during a scene. By the way, that is a red. <laughs> you're all I like what you're putting in my cooter. <laughs> that is not allowed. That's you're like oh oh my god oh my god you're making my cooter feel so good. That is verboten und you will not enjoy it. Don't say cooter. Okay, got it. <laughs> but uh, you know the fi- there were some fingers. There was some kind of ribbed dildo thingy. You know how my brain works, which is on multiple tracks at the same time. Yes. Uh, So (laughs) I was like, oh, this feels so good. This is so hot. Also, it sounds like speed bumps. (laughs) 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 The same time. Dear brain. Thank you so much. If he would have held up like a 25 mile an hour school zone sign. (laughs) The, The long... And the short of it was, I had a lot of fun. And then I was so exhausted at the end, I would just burst into tears. I was like, (laughs) I have nothing more to give. You poor, poor dear. And then I got held and snuggled, and it was wonderful. That is nice. That is nice. And yay Yay. for Carrie's cooter. So moving on to some joy, I have a sexy story to tell you, Carrie. Oh, you do? Would you like to hear some story time? Story it's very time. brief, but it's story time for Carrie. Good. Short attention span. It is. It's pretty short attention span. I'll put on some music in the background. You won't be able to hear it, but I'll put on some music in the background. And now I'm going to tell you a story. Carrie, once long ago, there was two very horny submissives, and they were sitting on a bed alone together in a bedroom. Uh-huh. 
One submissive turned to the other and said, What do you want to do? And then the other submissive looked back and said, Oh, I, I want to do anything you want to do. And the other submissive said, Yeah, me too. And then they looked at each other, and they looked at each other, and they intermittently blinked their eyeballs together, and then they watched an anime, fiddled on their phones, and they both went to bed. The end. (laughs) I got a letter from the Reddits that we're going to talk about today. That kind of goes along with our lovely story. The Redditor writes, Can two subs work in a relationship? I'm a sub girl, and I have only dated dom guys in my time, but I've recently started dating a sub guy, and I really like him, but I'm hoping we can be sexually compatible. So today, Carrie, Mm -hmm. my dear, my sweet, my Latin percussion vagina, (laughs) I was wondering if we could chat a little bit on the possibilities of having two submissives in a relationship and how would they make that work? Or do you think that it's not going to work? (laughs) Uh, Short, short answer is it's not going to work monogamously. (laughs) Now, there are ways to work around that, but they usually have to involve somebody else. I believe you can absolutely have connected chemistry in your sex with somebody, but it will not, and it might even have kink in it, but it will not have the power exchange because not everyone, every sex they have has to be dominant, submissive, extreme power exchange. Some people they do. If this is an extreme case, then you absolutely are going to have obstacles unless you're willing to be flexible with Polly. But you can have good sex with somebody, even if it doesn't have a power exchange. Yeah, so I'll, I'll parse that out. Because the question was actually, can, hopefully, sexually compatible. Sure. Yes. It's called vanilla. And yes. I love vanilla. It is delicious. And it is a wonderful base for all kinds of flavors. If the person asking the question was only asking about sex, sure, of course you can. Here's another layer. What if they're actually both switches, but they just think that they're submissive like I did for the first six years of my life in kink? I think that is a fantastic point. Turns out I'm actually a switch. And when I'm on top, I'm good at it. But I'm primarily a submissive. And so like, I have to be in a certain mood to be the dominant one. I think you make a really fantastic point there that it is possible, not guaranteed, but it is possible that as you evolve with your partner and you discover more and you communicate more, many, many people have started out one way or the other and found out that they have actually a lot of enjoyment and or strong tendencies towards the other side, you know, or just being that switch where sometimes they're one and then sometimes they're the other. That can absolutely be you if it is something that is inspired, that is actually something you find. or Because some people start out as one way, and I'm sure you have experience with this. Mm -hmm. You start out one way because you're kind of told, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be. And that used to especially be with 
females are sub, males are doms, you know, in, you know, 15, 20 years ago and back, right. you know, a, a lot of people were just told, oh. When I was your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But <laughs> if you have to fake it, you're not, it's not going to be a power exchange. Right. If you find out that you can do some switchy things, if you find out that you have a dominant side that you enjoy taking that power from somebody, then absolutely discovering that will make that work. But you're never going to be able to fake a power exchange. You can top. You can provide kink for your partner. Right. You can negotiate certain aspects of kink and then be an incredible service bottom. You can be a very skilled kinkster. You can learn canes and floggers and ropes and do it specifically as a service to your partner. And they can likewise do the same for you. Yeah. But you can't fake that power exchange. It's almost psychic in nature. So it's like really deep. So uh, like a deep method actor might be able to pull it off because they're like, what is my motivation as a dominant <laughs> oh yeah to get my way of course i want to get my way for fuck's sake like <laughs> it's wonderful to get one's way just go for that i'm dominant do my taxes <laughs> oh, dear god now then if you do not identify with that power exchange side if you do not develop that that tendency that desire that inspiration to dominate your partner if you have strong if you both have strong desires to be dominated you're going to have to be a little bit flexible with bringing in other people that can now then maybe it could be something you do together like depending on how monogamous that you feel you need to be with each other you could have a non-sexual co-bottoming or you guys can co-bottom to a dominant top and not allow any sexuality in the scene, but just kink, mm -hmm. but you're doing it together. Ooh. So that way it's you guys both enjoying the skills of the dominant taking control of the situation. That's one thing I know people have done. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that is super hot. You've done that. I take it. Yes. I had a scene several years ago where I was tied to my fellow submissive and we were instructed to, uh, take the pain and give it to our other person in the form of biting. And so I got my ass beat. I bit him. He got his ass beat. He bit me. Oh my God. It was so hot. Wow. Yes. And then we, we all came and it was wonderful. Wow. The end. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there are definitely things you can do if you are somebody that you can handle because a lot of I, I there are a lot of people in the lifestyle that deal with this. Either they're both top doms mm -hmm. or they're both, you know, sub bottoms. Um, there has to be somewhere to get that power exchange from. And I know a lot of uh, not a lot. There's there's definitely more two bottom couples that I've known than double tops. But I do know a lot of double top couples mm -hmm. and they have different set of rules that they have negotiated for being able to play with uh, a submissive. Mm -hmm. And that can be anything you guys negotiate. That can be anything that you are both comfortable with in that, in that negotiation. Yeah. But it absolutely is possible. I mean, I did, or you can be in a triad. 
which is like what I had. I've had multiple times where I was the dominant and then I had two submissives. Yeah, it's great. And it's just, it's about having enough mental flexibility to think outside of the box, whatever the box is for you. And (laughs) this is sounding way dirtier than I intended. Think outside your box and then put it back in your box. As I've grown in kink and sex, my my box has gotten bigger. <laughs> oh yeah, that cooter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a lateral thinking, like what are all the possible options? And then once you've listed everything you can think of, whether it's good or not, then eliminate the stuff that won't work or figure out why won't this work and what workaround is there for that? So if it's like, uh, I want us to be sexually exclusive, but not necessarily in terms of the, the power exchange. Okay, that's a workaround. It doesn't mean we can't include someone else. It means we have to have these boundaries set in place, communicate them clearly to the third person. And if they're not okay with that, communicate it to a different third person. And if they're not okay, like, come on, rule 34 applies to real life way before the internet came around. You can find someone who's into that shit, whatever it is. You just got to keep trying. The base of this, you really like this person. You develop feelings for this person. There are many things about this person that you want in your life. So sex is just one aspect of your relationship with this person. And if it's somebody you really care about and they have a lot to offer you in a lot of other ways then it's at least worth exploring. If ultimately you can't come to an agreement and you're not getting your needs met and it's to the point to where it's just not worth it, then it's not going to work. And you have to be adults and say, this isn't working. We can remain friends and go about your, go about your life. And then put more stuff in Carrie's cooter. <laughs> Yeah, that's always a good go-to. It's just, if you prioritize friendship and humanity and just respect, then whatever else happens, it's all gravy. Gravy coming out of your cooter? (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) The end. Well, Carrie, I think we cured two submissives in a relationship, making it work. Yeah, I just want to say, you can do it, or at least try. If you have any questions or comments about this topic, please email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Carrie, it was wonderful to be goofy with you again. Boogie, I love you. I love you more. We have so much fun together. Yay! Will you come back next month? Yes, I will come again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being your vibrator. I understood. I was clear on that right away. (laughs) Oh, whatever. I'm a good vibrator. (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) What the fuck was that? (laughs) That's what my cervix heard. show wait are you saying something yeah I, I thought i was saying it <laughs> fine you say it 
Thank you for listening to show 345. If you have questions, comments, love, or hate, please reach out to, out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on FetLife, TikTok, or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And... If you think this show brings value to your life and is beneficial to other humans on earth, please consider donating five bucks, if you give a fuck, to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash perverted podcast. Yes, indeed, you glorious patrons. And as I said last week, I uploaded a couple pictures of uh, Muse butt and then a cute picture of her in the bathtub uh, to whore ourselves to our patrons to uh to go but it's not a perk we can't call it a perk i just put them up there they're up but uh great show solars thank you so much for talking about this this was actually a very exciting conversation that we had about trust thank you thank you headley you are a master a master of all that is tea and pigginess <laughs> i suppose we should probably go and next week, we will see you for show 346. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Can you help me find a cure for all the stupid people? This shit is quite insane. Like a virus, they keep home breeding. Little stupid people with retard DNA. Cake and circus hypnotizes suckers by the toys and lies. Keep electing douchebags that just help us jack our own erections. Can you help me find a cure for all the stupid people? They pray to fairy tale gods. They say the Lord loves all the little children. While kids are starving everywhere. Bitch, that logic is flawed. Cake and circus hypnotizes suckers by the toys and lies. Keep electing douchebags that just help. Jack our sucker bitch erections. Yeah! I'm not a sucker. I'm not a sucker for commercials that show some big titty girl that's never gonna fuck me anyway. I'm not a sucker. You can make it flower scented, but it's still just a pile of shit. Stop making fat babies, taking meds, blaming the government. Stop being a fucking sheep. Go wild, learn some new shit. Stop thumb raping your phone. Look up, have a conversation, or maybe snort some fucking fiber because your brains are constipated. Can you help me find a cure for all the stupid people? This will not fix itself. Stop giving blowjobs to crooks and preachers who use you like a dollar hooker. And learn to think for yourselves, please. Cake and circus hypnotizes suckers by the toys and lies. Keep collecting douchebags that just help us jack our own erections. I'm not a sucker. I'm not a sucker. No, I'm not a sucker. Now you. I'm not a sucker. 